Hello everybody, welcome to episode 65 of Gutter to Gutter podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Sam and Alicia Tabush. Sam and Alicia own and run the Australian Drift Club, more commonly known as AusDC, out of Sydney Motorsport Park. In this episode, you'll hear about the beginning of AusDC, how Sam got started out in drifting in the early days at Oran Park. You'll hear about all the events in their ever-growing list of events to help grassroots drivers and the competitive scene, and you'll also hear how AusDC are trying to help elevate drifting as a whole. As a side note, you'll hear me refer to AusDC's ADC a number of times in this episode. I don't know why I did that, I couldn't tell you why I did that. I've never referred to them as ADC until I sat down to chat with them for whatever reason. I don't know why. My apologies to Sam and Alicia. With that aside, I had a great time getting to know Sam and Alicia. I hope you do too. Please sit back and enjoy this episode with Sam and Alicia Tabush of Australian Drift Club on Gutter to Gutter Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Gutter to Gutter podcast. I'm Static and joining with me tonight is Sam and Alicia Tabuk. How are you guys? Good, good, good. how's yourself? Did I butcher your surname? Yeah, slightly, it's Tabush. Tabush, okay. I I didn't ask you that on purpose because <laughs> now I look like the idiot and you guys are fine, you know what I mean? Like, so you guys, takes the, takes the, uh, the pressure off you guys a bit. Yeah, so so I look like the idiot now, you guys are fine. How are you guys? Welcome. Good, how are you? Good, thank you, good. So I guess we'll start off, um, as we do with every other guest, just a brief rundown of who you guys are and what you guys do. I'm Alicia, I'm the full-time secretary at AusDC. And I'm Sam, I'm the the founder and the owner of the club, as you see it. Awesome, awesome. So I guess as as an introduction to to you guys, yourselves, um, what, what were your first cars? Uh, my first car was a Honda Civic 1997 model, and I thought that was pretty cool at the time. You know what? I'm right there with you. My current car is a 1996 Honda Civic Coupe. <laughs> so yeah. I'm right there with you. Close enough. Um, I actually, on my L's, I was lucky enough with mum and dad's help, uh, I bought a, a Ford Laser TX3 four-wheel drive turbo. Nice. I loved them. I ended up owning three of them by the end of it. Um, very fast back then, and I was on my L's, and... Uh, yeah, but a bit more sensible than back then. So yeah, that's a um, that's a pretty good car for your L's, mate. I, I was it was six grand back then. It was six grand, um, but I, I was I was a good saver. I was good with my money, and then with a bit of help, they got me over. It was my dream car, so they made my dream come true. I'm happy with that. And you had it three times, <laughs> three times over. Even <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so I couldn't get enough of them until I f- discovered the drifting and then it was gone. Straight it was away. gone, gone yeah. after that. So um, were you both into cars and drifting before you met each other? Was was that the, what kind of brought you guys together or? I didn't know um, no. existed before I met Sam. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, so no, it, was all, it was all me all along. I, I um, um, 
drifting, I didn't know there was it was called drifting. We didn't know anything about it back then, but obviously the work ute in the wet, I had a bit of fun. So and then by chance, um I I discovered, you know, used to go over to a mate's house, jump online and watch videos, and then we discovered it, Jap, all the all the Jap videos, and then then we found out there was um some events being run at Iron Park in like 2005. So we went down for a watch and that's where it started. Awesome. Yeah. So it did, you, you go right back to the Oran Park days. That's really cool. All the way um, back. You find uh, most of, the, most of the, the guys in Sydney sort of, obviously not the younger generation now, but like the, the I guess the original sort of guys all started around Oran Park. You know, yeah. especially in the Sydney scene, so that's really cool. Going back um, that far, when was it? Can you remember when it was that um, Oran Park was closed down? Now, Oran Park was closed down. Oh, wow, you're testing me now. I'd, I'd say I don't remember. I don't remember. So I'm not going to hold you to it. It's fine. I'd say about. Look, I'd say about 2008, 2009, I think. Is when it shut down. We we ran one of the last days, I think there was, and then um, there was a, a shoot there, like a farewell shoot, where they were drifting in the parking lots between the buildings, and it was all it was fun, and I was happy to be invited to it as well. So yeah, um, I, I reckon about two thousand and eight, they shut it down. Yep. So um, where, yeah, we're going, we're going back that. Back to like 2008, drifting at Oran Park. Um, there was a, it's a shame because there was a lot of uh, like race, even race history sort of closed down with that, just disappeared with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And especially like in in Sydney, like drifting was born there. Mm. Um, so it, it was a shame to see it go. And and I don't know if you guys have driven through there lately. <laughs> you you wouldn't even you could you couldn't even remember sort of where you, where you're located compared to where the track used to be. Nah. The, the landscaping's changed our so much. Our accountant Sarah yeah. Sam is always pointing it out. Like, yeah, you know. our, yeah, yeah. Our accountant moved in with his big yeah. building, so we're not we're not happy about it every time we go see him. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can kind of, yeah, we can kind of pick pick the, the the geography and all that, but very hard. It's changed so much. Yeah. yeah. So what what was the scene like back then, like compared to today? I guess. Um. Like back then, most of the drift cars were standard. We, we'd just go out and slide. The first mod we'd ever do was weld that diff, shim that diff, because we had Nissans. Most of them were Nissans. And there was so much information online on how to shim diffs or how to, uh, how to, how to modify this, a few steering spaces, five mil spaces either side of the rack. Um, so I, I'd say most of the cars were close to standard with minimal mods. Um, like power and all that was it was all standard computers, a little boost T, a couple of pounds more for a bit more power. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty basic back then. And to see to see a heavily modified drift car back then was like wow, everyone would just gather. To see a bucket seat in a car was like something out of the ordinary yeah. um, back then. Uh, yeah. So, and then you know when you compare it to to the scene now, it's very um, I mean, the quality of the drift builds nowadays, um, you know, it's something that you could only dream of back then, of yeah. ever owning or ever building or ever affording to do to do something of that caliber. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. It has. Yeah, awesome. Um, 
for the better, do you think? Obviously, things um, being a lot cheaper now, a lot easier to obtain. Well, everybody, I mean, people are are more educated now. People are more hands-on, DIY, um, teaching themselves, and they learn by modifying themselves. They learn by buying the world or having a crack um, and developing their skills. And, and, I mean, a lot of talented fabricators have come out of the woodworks and that contributes. And then a lot of manufacturers producing all these parts that just enhance the driving and, and bring up the spec of the drift cars. Um, look, I, I think it's good for – it's both good and bad. I mean, it costs a lot of money as well these days, even though parts are cheaper and readily available. So it does have a I th – I'd say more of a positive impact uh, than a negative. Um, uh, and it's just – it's an individual – It's I think on an individual basis how it impacts uh, – people in a positive or negative light so for me i love all the tech i love all the um all the new stuff i love learning about it and how it can improve my driving or or my car durability all that kind of stuff so for me it's been positive the, the yeah all, all the uh, improvements and and involved in everything around the drift builds yeah so, yeah cool so aside from drifting is there any other motorsports uh that that you you're both into at all no, not, I, I don't, yeah, I, I wanted to have a crack at rally. I wanted to, I have done a circuit day at Wakefield years back, maybe 10 years back. I am kind of hungry to go back to circuit racing with my drift car, um, but it's not, it's not really a priority for me. It's just like, hey, if a bunch of boys say, let's go to the track, um, I'll, I'll be down for that 100%. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. like Alicia says flat out no, no other motorsport. No, nothing. It takes up enough time. Yeah, I bet. Um, so you both spend a lot of time around drifting. Um, do you guys ever need an escape from it? Absolutely. Yep. Just now with, um, you know, you're so accessible. So the DMs are in, the tags are in, your phone's going off 24-7. You know, you wake up, your phone's full of, notifications from the drift club it's yeah and um you know people work night shifts so the inquiries don't stop like it's endless yeah but it's good yeah i'm um i'm guilty of that myself because i i have a terrible sleep pattern i'm yeah. pretty much borderline insomniac so yeah. I, I just forget that other people aren't awake when i am yeah <laughs> it's it's really it's really bad on my part um so i try and i try and curb that kind of behavior but it doesn't always happen Oh, I mean, I'm I'm the same. Like, you know, if I can't get to emails during the day, I'll reply at night. But it's just, yeah, you do, you do need to try and balance that, you know, time away from it as well. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, what is it you guys you guys like to do to to sort of escape it? Just turn your phones off, or oh, that can never happen. But we love going out, exploring food, and you know, what's around Sydney and beaches. Um, I'd say travel, but that kind of got put on hold for the last two years. But now everything's opening up again. You know, we'll try and start plotting some stuff in. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yep. Much the same for yourself, Sam? Yeah, I, I, I love to travel. The, the only way to remove yourself from, from it all is to remove yourself from it all. So... 
we do like to travel, even if it's just up the coast, down the coast. But yeah, as Lee said, it does get well. The last two years, it's been impossible. So we're kind of we're we're stuck here, and we're accessible, and we're available because we've got nothing else to do. So um, it, it is, yeah, it, it is full time. It doesn't end, and you need to answer. You need to answer all, all the queries. You need to. You can't just shut the phone off. So we are chained to it. Um, so we just try and give each other breaks. You know, one person will be on the on, on the socials doing all the inquiries, and one person's off, you know, getting their facial done. So we try we try and balance it out internally. No, so that's you getting your facial done, Sam, and yeah, that that's what I was. Yeah, I'm yeah. there, you know, yeah. slaving away. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So we will get into um, Australian Drift Club ADC. When was that? Um, when was that started? Um, okay, so we. I, I registered the name in uh, back in 2005 and um, I called it the Drift Mob, you know. It was pretty much when we used to when we used to show up to the Drift events, it, it's just I don't know why it happens, but, you know, the, the, the whole surroundings and the, the whole – all the energy around drifting, you kind of gather momentum. So uh, – momentum as in people the team gets bigger mm-hmm. you know all the cousins come and all the um all the friends and uh so yeah we show up to a drift event you know rows of cars and a big team even though it's just another practice day um so they called us the mob so i come up with the drift mob so i registered the name and and then pretty much um yeah that's where it started it started off like that and then um, uh, I don't know, recently, I'd say five, six years ago, I'd done an overhaul um, of it and we, we registered, we deregistered the Drift Mob thing as, a, as the club and we registered the Australian Drift Club, um, uh, which we kind of started the new journey, the, um, you know, the, the journey to make drifting great again. <laughs> so um, that's how, yeah, that's when it started and pretty much this is where we are now. Yeah, right. So that's what, about two, or 2005 to, you said, probably about six years ago, so close to, what, 2016-ish, 2017, yep. was Drift Mob. I've, yep. I've seen the, the stickers around for Drift yeah. Mob, and I had no idea what, I, what it was. Well, that, that was us. That, that was our young evil brother. So I'll bring you a shirt next time I see you. <laughs> yeah? I've got merch. We, we have oh, merch. Wow. We, still, we still own the, the name, and um, it's close to heart. Uh, there's a lot of history with it. There's um, there's a lot of love with it, and uh, that was our that was our beginnings. And we don't want to lose that because there's so so many great memories uh, that come with it. We have made a range of merch for it. Um, uh, we still haven't. We don't want to release it just yet. We kind of don't want to release it at all. But mm-hmm. I think in the near future we will get on that train and release it as a merch range and um, and kind of reminisce with everyone. A bit of, a bit uh, of nostalgia. That's yeah. That's that's pretty much it. So it just reminds me of how long we've been in it for. You know, when I when I think about yeah. that. So how many of the guys, I guess, from the the original drift mob that have sort of come along? Obviously, you know, you're sort of building that momentum. You're you're building that that snowball's rolling, and it's getting bigger with all these people that are coming along with you. How many of those people are sort of still around today? Um, mate, I, I can, I'd say there's about three to five people that still uh, keep in touch. They still come out to the events. 
Some of them drive. Some of them um, come out just to hang. You know, they love they they love the scene. They love the atmosphere. Um, yeah, there's yeah, I can count them on one hand pretty much. So there's not many left. Um, a lot have moved on, relocation. You know, they've become. Uh, yeah, you know, they've started families. They've moved on for the from the drifting from it all. Um, yeah, so it's very small now. Only a couple of us left. <laughs> they're still there. So there's still there's still uh, there's still a group that that it relates to, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and we do we do catch up for dinners. We do we we share a lot of old photos, a lot yeah. of old photos in our little group. We've called it Team Drift Mob. So we do send a lot of uh, photos around. Uh, of, remembering our old cars, old builds and, and tracks and yeah, fun. Nice. Um, so what, what kind of stuff were you sort of doing at the start? So back at when you, when you started drift mob, I guess, like back at Oran park days, 2005, what kind of stuff were you doing then? Were you just attending events or? Yeah, it was pretty much, it was just like, you know what we, we seen, there were drivers that had been drifting for years before I discovered it. And, it just seemed like the majority of uh, the way it worked was it was always a group of mates. It would always be a team. It would always be a team as such, you know, a group. So, you know, you have a group from Canberra, you have a group from the Sutherland Shire, you'd have a group from the hills, you'd have a group. And they're all just local mates, um, you know, they just go and drift together. Um, so that's why I'm like, we need a team name. We need, you know, so that's that's when the drift mob thing come to mind. Um and that was it. It's like, are we doing this drift day, guys? Yep, we'll ring up and book in and we'll go down. Uh, and that's where it started. And then the group got pretty big. Um, and then we're like, you know, the idea come up of, can't we just book the track to ourselves, you know, just invite the boys? And we did. We went, um, we, we asked the office and they, they said, yep, we'll provide you with insurance. We'll do everything. And so that's how, it's, that, that, that's how it started. We had no plan to run any events. <laughs> Um, yeah, that that was pretty much it. Uh, it did it gained some momentum, and in in no time, everyone was like, there was no Facebook back then. It was all texting. That was cool back then. So you'd get texts from random people saying, "Oh, invite me next time," you know. Um, so it got out of control. So we set up the website and all the all the administrative post processes and and insurances, and we got sanctioned. Um, by um back then it was cams it's msa now so um we we, we got sanctioned we uh set up the non, not not profit um non-for-profit type um establishment with all the um you know members and all that so then we did it we did it legit and we opened up to the public and it's just been crazy since awesome so with the, the non-profit not sorry not for profit sort of stuff um was that you had to set up like a full committee and all that sort of gear. Is that how that worked? Like a like a yep. proper car club and all yep. that sort of gear. Yep, that's we we did it by the book. We had our mission statement. We had our, you know, the treasurer, the president, the secretary. We had the you know uh, members of the board, and and then we had our AGMs every year. We had a big barbecue. Um, yeah, so we did it, and it was it was a lot of work, a lot of paperwork in the background. Um, yeah, and. You know, hence hence why you needed a big team because everybody's got a role. Um, yeah. So I guess we the, the next question was, have you always been based around Sydney Motorsport Park? Obviously, we know the answer to that is no longer yes. Um, so how long have you guys been, um, I guess, out at 
Sydney Motorsport Park? Has it been since the closure of Oran Park or? Yeah, we moved straight over. Like we did, we did main, most of the events were done at Oran Park on the skid pan and, and the, the, the main track. Um, we did do a few drift carner events at Narimba at the, uh, the TAFE there. So we did um, a few drift carners there. That, that was awesome. Um, and then we uh, got, we, yeah, then we got to Sydney Motorsport Park from there. So we started off on the figure eight and the wet skid pan and then, you know, progressed through there. And um, pretty much it's our, it's our second home now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, we spent, we're there, we're there two, three days a week now, in and out. We have a facility on site for all our equipment. And yeah, that's pretty much where we're set. It's part of the furniture now. That's it. Awesome. So, um, what is the what is the um the ADC team look like now? How many, how, how many people I guess kind of help out and all that sort of gear? Okay, so we do we have um, we've got um, I mean we've established like positions and roles for part time and full time staff. So it's in the last five years it, it is it is grown. The team is huge and um. For me, I, I apply myself with backup plans and pretty much uh, we, we've doubled up. So we've got two IT guys, like two web, we've got a website developer, two website maintenance guys. We've got, we've doubled up ad, admin staff. You know, we, we, we have a pool of, I think, six girls that rotate um, throughout the events. Um, and the team of flag marshals, we have a pool of about 20 flag marshals from from down Wollongong, Lithgow, Orange, um, Newcastle. And we, yeah, as, as the events roll in, they, they, they all touch base if they're needed or not. And um, pretty much, yeah, the team is, I'd say we're up to about 50, 50 in staff, a pool of 50, I think. And we need it. We need every single one of them to, to, to run it at the calibre we're running it. Uh, yeah, so it has. It has. The last five years, it has grown. That's incredible. Yeah, those, those, those kind of numbers are actually incredible. So I, I'm assuming then, like for the pair of you, this is uh, what you do as a day job. Um, Alicia said earlier. Um, sorry, was it secretary full time? Yeah, I'm a secretary. Um, yeah. So it's it's my full time job. I mostly work seven days. Um, yeah, so committed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I guess when you when you're looking after a crew of fifty or more, um, yeah. and the amount of event, the amount of events you guys um, put out, I guess it is a full time job. Yeah, it is. I mean, look for me, it's only part time. Like I do, we do have other businesses that I manage, and and I spend a lot of time on the tools as well. So, um, yeah, for me, it's yeah, I need to be at every event, um, and then I do fill in Felicia every now and again with the administrative stuff obviously liaising with all the IT guys because nowadays it has to be online or it doesn't exist and it's not doable. So it's been a big step moving to moving the whole, the whole thing um, over to online and electronic, you know, moving away from pen and paper. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, for me, it's only part-time, but full-time as well, if that makes sense. <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of um, those kind of like overheads, I guess, quotation marks. Um, yeah, you kind of you're never not around it, are you? Nah, no. You're, you're, we're too accessible. Yep. So, all right, I'll, I'll throw some before we get into the, all the events that you guys do, which 
the list is just growing. <laughs> um, we'll get into. I'll, I'll throw a few hypotheticals at you and um, see what you can come up with there. So we'll start with: if money was no object, what would your ultimate drift build be? <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I'd love a Honda CRX, and I'd call it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And guess who does all the has to do all the uh, the work on it? <laughs> That'd be you. Yep, he loves yeah. it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so at least we we seen one. We're going to buy it, but we didn't. So <laughs> that's 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 pipeline dream for Leash, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, look for me. I, I, I'm nearly there. I've nearly got my ultimate drift car. You know, I, I think a little bit more time, I'll, I'll get it there. So I'm happy. I'm happy with what I got. Yeah. Um, okay, so same question, but for the ultimate daily. I've already got mine. You got it? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to share? <laughs> and, and what is it? Um, I've got my Jaguar of Pace. I love oh, it. Very, very nice. Yeah. I did have a Toyota Yaris, and um, Sam's like, oh, we'll sell it and I'll get you your dream car. And I was so upset because it was just my little run around. I could just zip in and, um, you know, all the areas I like to go to, you need a little car. So I was devastated, but then I got my dream car. So now all's forgotten. All's forgotten. So what's what's that like compared to the Yaris to drive around as, as far as just being a daily and getting around in it? Just luxury. I love it. Yeah, you love it. Awesome. What about yourself, Sam? Ultimate daily. Obviously, the 35 GDR. <laughs> Perfect. You know, I, I don't want a Ferrari. I don't want none of that. I, I just, I'm, I'm happy with the 35. I should have got one when they were cheap, but it's okay. Yeah. That's, you know. I don't think they were ever really cheap, but compared to what they are now. They were cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, so that's become a dream now. It was a reality, but it's become the dream car now. I think everybody's like, even, you know, you're talking about, you know, $6,000, like your, your, um, the TX3, even that yeah. for some people now is it's out of reach because that you just don't find them anymore. And if you do snap it up, where do you, you know, what are you paying for it? Yeah. It's all, they're all collector's cars now. Should have yeah. kept them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, the top five cars, money, no object. You got you got a massive garage to go and fill with five cars, all the money in the world. What are they? Uh, well, my CRX. <laughs> then I get the upgraded Jag F Pace to a twin turbo because mine's diesel, so it's not that fast. So I'd like the fast one, and I'd love a seventies convertible Mercedes and a Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Sam, for you? Um, okay, if I had my big dream garage that, that we're speaking of, obviously I'd have the full range of GDRs. And um, all I want is a is a huge motorhome that I can fit the drift car in and the crew and set off and go drifting. That's, that's, I'll be happy with that. Just a rolling garage for one. Yeah, and somewhere to park. So I need a big house as well. So that, House a car as well. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, money's no object, so <laughs> yeah, buy it all. We'll get one of each. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so we'll get into the events that you guys do. Um, like I said, it's, it's an ever-growing list of events that you guys have on. How many events are you guys hosting per month now? 
uh, we're hosting around two to four, and that's not including the private days. Yep. So we also offer private corporate events, which, um, yeah, the public can just book through us. And, yeah, Sam and I will just go out and run them. Yeah. We don't need the big team. Don't need the big team for that one. They're just the low key events, no streaming, just just they're more of a team building exercise for, for companies and just uh, groups of drivers that just want their time on the track. No public, no, no spectators. We don't promote them. We don't, um, they're, they're done very, we leave it up to the client to, we, all we do is provide them with the track. It's theirs to do whatever they want with it, within reason, of course. We set out all the safety uh, measures and, and, and rules and briefings. And the track's theirs. They own it for the day and they love it. And they just keep coming. They keep coming back. So, yeah. That's good. So you're getting a lot of repeat business through that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've had, yeah, we've had clients that do that do that have requested um, three a year. Um, obviously, with um, all the restrictions imposed, you know, it's, it's delayed. It's delayed them, but... Um, they do keep coming back. They ask for dates and, and availabilities, and yeah, it's it, it's good to see it's good to see the the repeat business. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so with with those with those days, um, uh, you know, are people uh, likely to ask for instruction on on how to drift, or are they just trying to get out on a, on a wet pan and just cut loose and just enjoy themselves, or? enjoy their cars what's 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 a general general sort of go to i guess general the general gist of it is um we we make it clear to all you know all our patrons that we we don't offer training as such we can offer you light-hearted advice oh look try doing this try doing that we, we don't offer a full uh, like a, a a drift school uh, as to put it um but we we're happy to give you a bit of advice here and there light-hearted advice um uh, generally, we we have yeah we have uh, simplified the uh, the type of event we offer to people. Um, so we 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 do expect them to come to us when when they know when they understand the basic fundamentals of car control. So they can get the car in a slide, and then um, you know then with us they can progress further. So these these uh, private events they they attract they attract drivers who. Uh, don't have drift cars, so they'll they'll They're come out. They'll, they'll come out in their Porsche. They'll come out in their BMW. Um, they'll come out in their a, standard eighty six, um, a Falcon or a Commodore or a Ute. So you'll you'll you will get a mixture of cars that come out, um, and uh, uh, it's just a, a good. We find that it's a good uh, point where the the drivers discover drifting. And then we we go further and say, look. Um, when you're ready, come out to the public days and you can do this all day long again. Yeah, so it, it just it varies between drivers and and clients. Yeah, gotcha. So it's for that sort of thing, it's more of a just a, like a, obviously a, a lower number of cars, a little bit of a safer environment for people to sort of get into it. Yeah, it's um, more maybe like not, maybe not feel like they're judged um, and and just have a bit more room to themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, you find yeah. you find them. They'll go out for a sesh. They'll come in. They'll have a laugh, and they'll, you know. And we 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 design the track layout to cater for that, so they're not damaging their cars on the cones. We keep them away from the walls. 
Um, yeah, and it is laid back. It's not action-packed. There's no spectators or people lining up to jump in the car for a ride. It's just a, a bunch of mates familiar to each other doing their own thing. We just sit back and watch the show. Yeah, awesome. So you said well, you've got about 50 people that are sort of working for, for ADC at the moment. How many people normally sort of work, um, let's say, one of your, just one of your public events like a Drift Nights or a Drift Days or something like that? Okay, so the... the, the um. So a small yeah. event, we would probably have around 12 to 15. And then on our main big track events, it could be anywhere from 30 to 40. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's the, the, the big track events are like, um, like your sur- north, uh, and south, north, north and south circuits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah where, you're, the where you're out on the track. Yeah. Yeah, they're the ones we call, I mean, the um, yeah, they're the ones we call the, the Drift Festival events, the yeah. bigger ones. Awesome. So, um, what is yeah, speaking of events, what does your current lineup of events look like? Um, I've, I know I sort of went through really quick, and I know I've missed a couple at least, which I think Drift Festival is one of them. But yeah. I'm looking at at least six different events that you guys have on. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I'll run you through them all. So we um, we offer the the Drift Night events. They're a four hour event. Um, they're they're open to the public. And they're held on either the figure eight or the wet pan or both at the same time. Um, the drift days, again, public events, they're, they're held on the wet pan uh, or the figure eight. Um, and uh, the uh, women in drifting, which is only obviously a women only event, uh, partners are welcome um, uh, to help tutor and, and, um, and guide through the day. Um, but predominantly it's a women a women focused event so that's held during the day on the wet skid pan um, and we've got the wet pan warriors which is again held on the wet skid pan during the day and that's a that's an amateur comp so the guys that come out and do the wet pan it's um, it just gives them a bit of a platform uh, like a competitive environment so not too intimidating but kind of you know and girls and girls it's open to everybody two. <laughs> That go in that one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's a lot more, a lot more girls jumping in, eh, and they're sticking it to the boys. So we're, we're proud to see that. That's awesome. And then we've got, um, uh, obviously, we've got Super Drift. That's the New South Wales State Comp. Uh, we've got the, um, the the Super Drift virtual version. So that's online on a Seto Corsa. So we have a, a series running there, and we've we just finished series, uh, well, season one. So we are we're about to release. The, well, what the next series will look like of the virtual comp. So that's a bit more exciting news coming up over the next few weeks. Um, and we've got the Drift Festival. They're our big events. So they're on the main circuit, um, north, south, GP, just whatever availability is 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 there for us, we will take advantage of. Uh, some of the festivals we do we we do run a wet pan alongside it, so it gets gives those type of drivers an opportunity to see what it's like um, on the main track. Yep. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the type of events we offer at the moment. Awesome. Awesome. So, getting into the women in drifting, I had um, the last episode we did actually. I had um, I had uh, Jess Chambry on. Um, yeah. Obviously, she's a, an ambassador for you guys, and she's a, a big, big uh, proponent, I guess, of women in drifting. Um, what was the general idea behind starting that? Um, that was a, it was a concept Alicia came up with um, after. I'll, I'll let her take over. You can 
word it, how did you come up with that idea? Or how, what motivated it? Well, just being at the admin desk, talking to everyone, there was just so many women saying, oh, I'm just going to go passenger, you know, I really want to drive, but I just I can't get out there with all these guys. It's just too intimidating. And I said to Sam, there's a huge missing piece to this puzzle and, you know, we need to nurture it because, you know, it, it needs to happen. It's, you know, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just from that we just started yeah, plucking ideas and thinking what we can do. And, yeah, then we did the first one and it was a huge success. Um, I think we had 25 or 27 cars, the first one, and we had women from circuit racing, um, just women that needed to mark something off their bucket list. And, yeah, it was a huge age um, gap of women and it was awesome. And then the second one we got, I think, 25 cars again. Yep, that was good. Um, and it was just awesome to see the women that went to the first one to the second one that now we're just coming to our everyday events, you know, they're mm. just, and, you know, those were, I think, three months apart, those two events. So, you know, that was a huge confidence boost and a big high five to, yeah, we did it. And, yeah, it's it's what needed to happen. And, and that's where, that's where <coughs> uh, sorry, uh, that, yeah, that's where the, the ambassadorship yeah. program uh, come to life. Uh, we, I mean... We needed, we needed girl drifters to be able to convince the other girls that, look, it's not that bad, I can do it. And they, they're actually very good role models and they're very inviting and they, they have uh, contributed to bringing in a lot more girls that would have come, that wouldn't have come. So, um, And they make the builds look so easy. I mean, Tiana's forever doing her little YouTube clips. Jess is jumping on board and you know, doing it. Kat's got her things going on. So it's like each girl, um, each lady brings something different and it's just so, um, you know, exciting to watch them and, you know, it just they just make it look so easy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So you've had the, the two events so far, is that right? Yeah. yeah. We've got the third yeah. one coming up on the 28th of August. We've also invited two of the Glitter Girls to come over, gang girls to come over, um, Bonnie and Brioni. So we're flying them over. Um, we'll host them for the weekend. And, yeah, it'll just be so awesome to have them a part of it because as soon as we um, announced that we were doing the Women in Drifting, they <clears throat> were one of the first um you know, organisations to contact us and was like, how can we get involved? This is awesome. So, yeah, we've been in touch with them, um, you know, the whole time. But with all the lockdowns and stuff, we were a bit hesitant to book it too early. Um, so it's just, you know, everything's lifted now. So we've got them booked to come over. And, yeah, they're keen as. They're so excited. <laughs> it's it's so awesome. So the, the first event was the one that was on Australia Day. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I I remember I, I don't even remember I don't remember how I found out about it. it was obviously through your socials, um, yeah. and instantly I just thought this is absolutely brilliant because I always made the joke that um, drifting is for boys to show off to their mates. 
Yeah. You know, there's to show how cool they are to their mates and, and their yeah. girlfriend and they just bring their girlfriends along. So I thought yeah. that's absolutely perfect to sort of get those girls that are just sitting there bored as yeah. Yeah. Um, what idiots, what is why he's bothering to actually get involved, you know, and, and yeah. then and then maybe even see what it is that their their guys are getting into and because yeah, like sitting in a pit, you you know you don't understand it, you don't care about no. it or whatever. No. You're just showing off to your mates. But um yeah. actually getting involved and getting into it um is amazing and to see the the um the atmosphere there especially at yeah. the first one um yeah. where all the girls were just propping each other up you know like yeah. spin out uh whatever you know like spin out nearly hit a wall nearly hit each other whatever yeah. it didn't matter let's go again there was yeah. no judgment there which was really cool um and i understand you know like it can be pretty intimidating yeah, yeah. you got all these all these guys right. they're trying to show off to each other yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, it was it was a, a really good initiative, and um, yeah, it's it, like you've said, you've you've seen the you've seen the um the, the proofs in the pudding sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, looking forward to the, the to the next one with yeah. um the girls coming up from South Australia, is it? Yeah, South Australia. Yeah, okay. so that'll be really cool. Yeah. yeah, we've um yeah we've also set them up with two drift cars as well, so they're not coming here just to look pretty. So they're gonna. They're going to throw down. Um, they're going to dish out the advice to all the other girls, um, and pretty much it's going to be very inclusive, you know. So they're, they're all everyone's revved up. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a bit bit different, you know. Uh, we're looking forward to it. That's yeah. really good. And and you said through that you've seen other people come to like just the normal days. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we've that's, got that's so good. Um, a few girls that now just they're they're ready they're ready to just come out or they do they come out every event now so yeah and it's just so great to see you know their first laps they could they were just spinning out they couldn't like pull it together and now they're just flipping around the work pan as if it's their their own and they're the only ones there they're stickering up the cars they got their helmets going you know they've got all decked out and everything yeah it's just it's just so awesome to see yeah absolutely so if we get over into uh, Wet Pan Warriors, what's the what's the sort of the rundown with Wet Pan Warriors? That's a like a beginner comp sort of deal. Yeah, so we've we've based it around the amateur level uh, driver. So it's a series that consists of three rounds on the wet skid pan, um, and what we the structure of the event um, consists of. I mean, the traditional drifting competition requires you to do your two qualifying runs and your best run will place you out of the top 32 based on points. Uh, we've we've decided to go down a different route by um, asking the drivers to participate in two battle runs. So they will, they will battle against another driver. They'll do that run and they'll battle another driver and their points will accumulate from each battle and essentially their their battle heats uh, are their qualifying runs. So the more consistent you are in each of your runs, the more points you'll score, the higher you'll qualify. And while, while they're driving and all this is happening, the score, we have a scoreboard set up on the uh, website, the leaderboard, and it's populating automatically. It's refreshing um, uh, like rapidly with points. So as the judges are entering points into the leaderboard, it's refreshing. So you'll, You'll find all the drivers pull their phone out, look at the leaderboard. They're currently in first. They're getting bumped down. They're getting bumped up, and it's constantly moving around. 
And by the time the last battle's done, it's kind of all concreted in and they can work out where they qualified on the leaderboard. And then we move them into the battles, the knockout battles. So then it, then it goes back to tradition and you, you battle and the winner progresses to the next bracket. Um, and all while this is happening, we, we set the layouts so they're, they're, they're easy, they're achievable by the driver, by that level driver. In the driver's briefings, we, we educate them on, look, try this, try that. Um, the judges are very hands-on. So when they see a driver struggling or missing, missing the zones, missing the lines, they will call them in and say, look, you need to go here, you need to do that, you need to do this. Otherwise, you're doing great. So we, we, we're offering uh, like a very nurturing approach to, to the amateurs because that's where it all starts. And, and it's not intimidating. It's no pressure. It's it's all fun, and we, we allow them to take passengers in the in the competition as well. So that kind of helps the nerves. Um, and again, it's all built by by drivers that have been around drifting for years, that have competed, that have started on the wet pan, that have been at Oran Park. So the concept has come from many minds, and um, we are refining it every round. We are changing little things to refine it uh, and to make it better. And Obviously, it's all about sustainability. So we want these guys to come back. We want them to get better. We want them to go on the main track. We want them to do the state series. We want them to progress um, if that's what they want to do. That's, that's pretty much the, the the idea behind the Wet Pan Warriors. Yeah, nice. So I guess jumping into battles straight away rather than doing those qualifying runs, it, it, it gets like a newer, newer drifter uh, a little more comfortable, a little more quickly sort of being closer to another car, like leading and chasing those yeah. cars yeah um, and, they're, and they're given obviously an hour or two hours of practice before then and we do we do force them to in practice to pair up so if there's two cars at the start line lead and chase you are forced to go out together you don't need to be very close but stay within a proximity that you can see the other car in front of you it kind of it, it breaks down that that nerve barrier um, and gets them comfortable with proximity so come the heat battles they are kind of already in the zone, and it just, um, yeah, it just helps uh, with progression. What well, is what we believe? Yeah, awesome. That's really cool. So, have you have you seen have you seen that? I guess as proof, you know, like if you were to sort of follow one driver through uh, from maybe like your very first wet pan warrior to to your very latest, would you say that that's worked really well? Um, we've seen a lot of progress, um, and we've seen we've seen um, a few drivers, a few. Uh, competitive drivers with uh, competitive cars come out and we've seen uh, the less experienced driver take a win. Yeah, uh, right. And that, that's that's kind of in itself is uh, goes to show that the wet pan is the, the levelling the, the leveling playing field for, for anybody. It comes down to skill. It is very forgiving. Um, so it's not all about the gear, it is about the driver. Um, we have, like, even my son has has progressed heavily in that. Um, starting off uh, round one, he um, he packed it up early and decided he doesn't want to do it no more. He, so um, we found him hiding in the cafe. Uh, <laughs> that was round one. So uh, round three, he qualifies first and finishes off in second. And he finished off in second because the judges wanted to penalise him because – he made an error, not because the other driver was better than him, but because he made an error. So the judging criteria, it really it, it, 
um, it does focus on the driver themselves and and pretty much that they will re- reward drivers that that have invested in it with their skill and yeah so uh, my son is the perfect example um, of of that progression alongside many other drivers that we've seen um, that have shown up in Utes that have shown up in um, under modified vehicles automatic cars we have seen it all and it is amazing to watch I mean when you say the wet skid pan, you think driver training, but when you watch wet pan warriors, you're on the edge of your seat. And, mm-hmm. you know, the commentators, uh, the judges, it's it's a big laugh and it's so much fun. Awesome. That's really, really cool. So getting into super drift, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So um, I, I love drifting and I do – I'm very observant and I do see – I have competed at the top level in Australia. I've done it for many years. I've and I have progressed through the estate series that we had back in uh, I think two thousand and eight, just before our parks closure, the, the Toyo State Series that that was established back then. Um, and pretty much all that is non-existent up until this year. So uh, we we needed for the sustainability of the sport, we needed a state series. We needed it and it, it did require um, heavy investment and dedication. So I think we have that. So I, I have, and I have tried for years to to get it established and we're here now. So I am, I'm behind it 100% and I think that's what the sport needs in New South Wales. And what the sport needs on a national level. So the guys competing at the Superdrift State Series, they're going to be your next national champions. They're going to be your next national competitors uh, traveling around Australia competing in the national series. So, And then from there, you know, the, the, the world's open for them to go. They go to New Zealand, they go to Japan, they go to um, America. It's all a possibility. Awesome, awesome. That's um. I mean, that that kind of gets into something we, we'll talk about a little later. Um, yeah. but that's that's perfect. I think that's exactly like you know we need more of that. Um, to to keep drift going. Obviously, you, you know you're going to have some opinions on that, which is really good, and I can't wait to hear them. But um, to know that someone is doing something to try and help the guys, um, that are trying to get uh to a to a higher level get there is really really cool. And we have, I mean. With uh, Wet Pan Warriors, we're a bit laid back with car presentation, driver presentation, and all that. With Super Drift, we are we are educating the drivers. Um, we are giving them a criteria to meet, both personal presentation, team presentation, vehicle presentation, um, a schedule for the day that they have to meet, um, and minimum requirements, uh, which are all budget conscious. And... The event itself is budget conscious, so we are not uh, relying on the drivers to cover the running costs of the event, and that's that's the worst thing you can do um, in motorsport, I believe. So um, the state series is a guide for up-and-coming drivers uh, to get them used to what to expect next. So when they do step up from a state series to a national series, they are ready to go, both skill, presentation, and support. So... They're, they're, they're the, um, the three key things that these drivers need to, to assist them in their, in their, um, in their program. Um, 
with their professional drifting career. So we are hoping that we are the tools we are providing are that the drivers are taking on board and are utilising to, to, to pursue sponsorship, to pursue support, um, and it should pay off in the long run. Nice, nice. So getting into the, um, <clears throat> the Super Drift, the, like the virtual edition, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah. how, how does all of that sort of work? Okay, so the, the concept of, okay, we, we, we're providing drift events for patrons in real life. Now, there is another world out there, the virtual world, the metaverse, or as some people like to call it. So we have gone on there. We have gone on Assetto Corsa. We have set up servers, Australian Drift Club servers on there. We've set up. The concept was to mirror image what we provide you in real life. So... Wet Pan Warriors round one, you will find that same course layout on the server. You can practice on there before you come out in real life. You can revisit it after the event and see where you went wrong, refine your line. Um, Super Drift, uh, State Series, you'll find all the track layouts online. You'll, you'll be able to go there and practice prior to the rounds in real life, or you can go back again and revisit after the event. Um, we also use... We use it as a tool to educate drivers again because I, we believe education for drivers is key um, for, for their future. And we use it as a, um, as a tool, as in a driver's briefing. We will have a virtual driver's briefing. We'll illustrate to the driver the course, the clipping points, the judged area, the start, the finish, what part of the track you will be using, where you'll be lining up. We, we do have a virtual... Um, driver's briefing um, a day or two days before the actual event. We run them through a video of the actual layout and the perfect lap and a tandem run, a solo run. The judges themselves do the driver's briefing. So it's all done on Discord, voice chat. We have a lot of videos playing and it's very interacting. Um, it's a, a lot of Q&A happens at the end between the drivers. So the drivers tune in. There's a lot of Q&A and it's all, it's all live streamed. So the drivers that missed out, if they're at work, they come back, hit play, catch up on what they missed out. So when all our drivers show up to the actual event, they are geared up and ready to go. All we need to do is go through a few key things for the day, whether the weather has an effect on the way the event's going to run, maybe a change of course layout. We can't run this layout. We need a change. We, we go through all them on the day, uh, just last-minute changes, if any. And is it Luke? Luke Willoughby. Yeah, he was on the. Um... Actually, yeah, we have actually. That's another another thing, the the the, the virtual um, thing we've got going. It has brought a lot of um, virtual drifters to real life drifting. We have three drivers that are now regulars with the real life drifting. And they come to us and said, thank you very much. We, we, this has helped us a lot, make the, the change from sim to real life. And vice versa, we have a few professional drivers approach us um, about setting up a sim rig and um, joining us with the virtual stuff because they, want, they need more seat time. They need more seat time. So we have a lot of exciting stuff happening with virtual. We are going to remake all the Australian professional cars um, we, we are going to have each driver, they're going to be able to drive their own car 
at the Super Drift Virtual. So you're going to be driving your own drift car in the comp as you would in real life. So we are going to mirror everything we do in real life, and we we are there right now. And we're just gonna it's just gonna get better. There's a lot more in the pipeline. That's that's really cool. I could um, get into questions about all the mods in Assetto Cause and all that sort of gear, but I'll, I'll give that a miss. And um, at the at the end, we'll get into um, uh, where you where we can find your Discord and all that sort of gear. So anyone that yeah. wants to get into that virtual drifting can jump in there and and get all the information they need from that. Because otherwise, we'd be here for eternity trying to. Trying we're to discuss all that. <laughs> we wouldn't know. <laughs> Don't talk to us about very bad people. All we do is drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so, all good. That's all good. Cool. So, out of all of these events that you guys have, which are your favourites to host? Mine's the wet pen. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the comp. It's the comp events. I like to run. I like them to run like clockwork um, because I really think that's a. That's the uh, drifting's weak point at the moment. So we need to get these comps, you know, oiled up and and um, working like clockwork. So, yeah, for me, it's the comps. It's a lot of stress, but it needs to be done. I was, I was going to ask, what's it like behind the scenes on a comp day for you? Uh, no, I don't remember anything after the day. <laughs> don't call him. No, just don't call the phone. Don't, don't talk to him. Don't, don't look at him. Don't send me yeah. texts or don't call me over. So if, if, we, see, if we see a sort of... You know, marching somewhere, just get the hell out of your way. Yeah. Yeah. If you see me holding a two-way and a phone and a headset and, talk, and talking to all three at the same time. Run. Just make a way here. Don't do it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's what it's like. What, what are your most popular events? What are your most popular ones, Leif? Uh All of them, to be honest. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, they all sell out. I've, I've um, noticed. I've noticed. Okay. So I, I, I put up the post, you know, five to go to give everyone the notch. Then yeah. there's always the same repeat offenders. Three days later, oh, I've missed it. Can I get in? That was, that was almost me on the last yeah. one, the public holiday. That was almost me. I'm just like, oh, you know what? You get that enough. I'll just leave it be. I'll come out and take some photos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we really accommodate everyone. I mean, I always tell people just bring your car out because – someone will start the car and go out for a lap and it's done. So, you know, that's the place that we can feel. So, yeah, when we when we say it's full, um, yeah, you know, we do try and get the last few in as well, even we, if it is just a few laps, you know, for a few hours at the end when all the cars are broken down. But, yeah. We do. We do. We, we, we are very accommodating, but we are very strict as well because we – it's all about value for money for us. We, we, we have that, that work ethic where um, we, we, wanna, we want that direction, value for money. So we are accommodating um, to a point, um, but we do like to stay very disciplined when it comes to uh, num- numbers, uh, you know, caps of events and all that because it does start, the lineup starts to get longer and I'm a driver. I don't like waiting in line. I just want to go out. So I know what these guys are going through at the start line and we want to eliminate that or minimise it as much as possible for that the, the amount of money they spend with us. So that's always been very important. And we do accommodate, we do um, offer half days, um, you know, on the basis that there is an availability, people have dropped out. We do get last cancellations. And when we do, we do, we do create a reserve list. We do um, reach out and order to those drivers. Hey, look, we've had a cancellation, show up and we'll sort you out. So, yeah, we are very active with, with the drivers that come out. Awesome. 
that's really cool so talking of the live streaming of your events not just the virtual stuff but all the events that you guys hold is it, is it every single event now that you guys uh host that is a live streaming um so the live streaming um the 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 live streaming has come to life um because of the competition events we wanted to provide drivers with as much exposure as possible so that that they can use that as a tool to pursue further sponsors to 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 prove uh, to make a point or to use as leverage um the streaming came because of that and we wanted to provide them we we were looking for a contractor to stream the events we, we weren't successful we had a few meetings a few um uh discussions relating to streaming uh from a third party they just couldn't do what we wanted they couldn't commit so so we 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 uh we went on and established the streaming business so from that we've invested heavily in some equipment we um and then we use the smaller events we started using the smaller events to test equipment capabilities and in all sorts of weather and environment um and then we started getting a lot of reaction from that, a lot of positive uh, come out of it. So it started gaining momentum. Um, so now we've started streaming all the events, small or big. Um, it's just It just helps spread the word. It helps spread the fun uh, to everybody that can't come out on the day. So um, we find it, it, yeah, it does have a good impact for us. So, yeah, we are streaming all the events except for the corporate events and private events. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um <clears throat> well, obviously coming from so it's it started with your um like the competition say your super drift and pro- probably wet pan warriors is that Yeah, that's safe right. to assume. Yeah. Um so now it's obviously done well enough for you to sort of go right through and and put it into just about every event that you guys do obviously apart from those private events. Yeah. Yeah, the guys, uh, the guys that run the stream have simplified it all. So it's very easy to set up, very quick. They're very efficient and the quality and um, presentation, they've, they've really tweaked it and it, it looks so good. We've still got a long way to go and a lot more equipment to purchase, but we're getting there. Yep. Um, where, where are they found at the moment, the live streams? Are they just on Facebook or are you sort of getting out to a few different, um, um, few different avenues at the moment or...? Our, our stronghold is Facebook. Um, we have ventured off into the YouTube world and um, and Instagram and Twitch. Twitch mainly for uh, Assetto and the virtual stuff. But um, as the guys start the stream, they do share the link on, on, on all four platforms. So you'll find it on the Facebook page, Instagram channel, and the YouTube and the Twitch. Um, yeah, it depends on what you prefer to, to, prefer to um, stream from. Cool. We'll get into where they are at the at the end of the show. Um, we're going to get into some um, some opinion pieces. Certainly, a couple of topics um, that I'm really keen to actually hear your opinions on. Um, so we'll get into the first one. We sort of you touched on a little bit earlier. What are your thoughts on the current state of the drift scene in New South Wales at the moment? Um, for for me, I think um, drifting in New South Wales as a whole is at its best it has been in the last 10 years. Um, obviously, Drifting's faced multiple track closures, multiple restrictions, multiple price increases and levies. Um, 
in saying that, like Sydney Motorsport Park has played a major role in our, in the Australian Drift Club's vision of drifting's future in New South Wales, um, and we we thank them day on a daily in our communications. We thank them on a daily. Um, for us, twenty two has been monumental for drifting in New South Wales. Um, I, I can't say it any other way. Um, we've established many initiatives that contribute to providing a sustainable future for drifting and in New South Wales in particular. Um, the, the, the club has achieved all of this by establishing, for instance, the Women's Only Drift event, the Amateur Series, the State Series. Um, it's been a huge year for drifting in New South Wales and we are confident 23 is going to be even bigger. That's, that's awesome. It's really awesome. Look, I, I didn't realise that the Super Drift was, um, I guess, that kind of that that level or, or, or aiming for drivers to get to that next level. So it's really good to see that someone's got, you know, got these drivers back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, the scene definitely does need to elevate. And that's that's not just New South Wales. Well, that's not statewide. That's like, that's nationally. Uh, yeah, um, we've got bigger problems know. state. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like you've got, a handful of Australian drivers that could probably mix it up with, um, you know, in the D1NZ and maybe a couple that could actually mix it up in, in FD. Um, But to be able to give more drivers that platform to sort of help elevate themselves and again, sort of, you know, like uh, mentor them, I guess, in how to present themselves, how to present their cars, their teams and all that sort of gear um, to, to, attract sponsors and all that sort of stuff is is absolutely phenomenal it's true um so the next one um is how do you think drift in australia can be elevated to a world-class level so it kind of touches on the same same sort of uh, things as the last one but this one um it originally came from a post on facebook from ian baker um saying that he was worried about the future of drift in australia and um you know at the time i tried to get him yeah it's that sounds sounds really bad if I say it that way. I was trying to um, get into a conversation with him about it, and I don't know if he just felt that I was, I don't know, trying to stir the pot or something like that. But I, I literally, I, I, um, I genuinely wanted to know what his take or his ideas for elevating the sport were, uh, but he just didn't want to get into it. So, what yeah. what are your thoughts on sort of elevating the drift as a whole to a world class level? Um. Look, uh, I, I personally, I believe we can produce an international level driver, not just one, but many. Um, yeah. it's, it's simple. By offering drivers guidance or providing them with a platform, a facility um, that will help nurture their program is a good starting point. Um, like we're yet to establish a program that will provide that, that will provide the guidance and support for national professional drivers, for drivers that are at the top in Australia. Um, and it all starts off with sustainability, I think. Uh, sustainability for the driver himself, his team, um, and a plan. Um, without a plan, you, you, are, you don't have commitment, you don't have support, um, and you don't um, the aspiration to progress to the next level, to an international level, it doesn't exist if you don't have a plan. Um, it all starts off with a plan. 
and guidance and and sustainability. So th- these things really come into play uh, when when you talk national and international level driver. Um, look, I, I do agree with um, with uh, um, the CEO of World Time Attacks' view on or his concerns for professional uh, drifting in Australia. I do agree with him 100%. Um, It's uh, pretty much, it all starts, the problem starts at the grassroots level. Um, Drifting is seen as a cool, relaxed um, sport or form of motorsport. Um, And for some drivers, that's all they want it to be. So, it all comes down at the grassroots level and it comes down to the individual. Not everybody wants to compete at a amateur level, state level, national level. Not everybody does and you can't expect it of them. Um, and this issue with our top level drivers has started many years ago. Um, there was no program for anybody to step up to. There was no amateur series to step up to. There was no state series to step up to. So this problem has been underlying for a long time and we are now seeing the consequences of the lack of all those facilities. Um, you know, it comes down to not just the individual driver, it comes down to the promoter as well. It comes down to the promoter. What's their goals for creating such an event, promoting such an event? What is their goal from that? And they've come and gone. Their their campaigns, their programs, they've they haven't been built around sustainability. They haven't been built to last. Um, and all the pressure has been applied onto the driver. All the cost has been applied onto the driver. Um, and I think that's not, I don't think that's the right way um, to nurture drivers up to an international level. So um, <clears throat> being drifting, being around it for so long, 15 plus years, um, I've seen, I've seen, uh, the setbacks fall into place. I've seen the progress and the shortfalls. Um, pretty much, I said to myself, if I was given an opportunity to make this uh, help drifting, I want to do it. If I'm given the opportunity, I'm going to do it. I'm going to invest in it. I'm, I'm going to try my best. I'm not going to uh, close up shop in three years' time. Uh, so I, I, I took that vow. So, and we're here and we're doing it. It's coming to life. Um, and I, you know, in no time, we will be producing some top-notch driver. We will be producing some highly skilled drifters that have the support and backing of major businesses, major partners um, from the motorsport industry and beyond. So it's uh, support doesn't just come from motorsport-based businesses. It comes from all walks of life. And I can say that because that's how I've got my sponsorship and my support for my personal campaign. Um, again, the uh, I think we've aided all these issues by introducing the, the amateur series, by introducing the state series, um, and by offering and throwing support at the national series. We we need a national series. Um, we do have one in place. Uh, it does need help. We have I, I have identified the kind of help it does need. 
again, it falls down to the promoter and their their goals for their program. And sometimes not all goals align uh, between different parties. So um, it's just at a national level, I believe you need unity. You need one approach. Um, you need a program that is set out to be the same for all states. So when drivers are ready to progress to national, they are all on the same level. The car specifications are all the same. The rules are all the same. You need a blanket ruling for a national level. Um, until that happens, we're going to struggle. So I just think um, we need more unity and pretty much the same guidance as we've provided the driver from a, a state series, a state level. We need that in the national level. We need to be able to take the uh, load off the driver. We need to be able to um, uh, source resources from other places other than the driver's pocket. Uh, that will help them um, with their program and instead of leaning on them for uh, overheads and, and all. Travelling around Australia is expensive enough. Purchasing tyres is expensive enough. So I just think establishing a program at a national level, which doesn't rely on the driver for its sustainability, um, I think that's where the problem lies at the top level of drifting in Australia. And until we all put our heads together, it's, it's going to stay that way for a very long time. Awesome. That's that's really really good to hear. Um, yeah, like I said, I was I was trying to get a conversation, and and that's that's really what I mean. That's what I try and do here. You know, I try and have that conversation yeah. um, where people can get their, their their thoughts and opinions out. And it's really cool to hear that um, you know you guys are trying to work towards that goal, um, and not not for yourselves, more for the drivers. Yeah. Well, that's that's the vow we took. We we uh, we are here for the sport. Um, we, we run a good operation. We run a, a profitable operation that we can utilize, reinvest, and we do reinvest into the sport. And we, we plan to grow bigger and bigger. Um, we, we, we plan to work further with World Time Attack. We plan to work further with um, high-tech drifting in the uh, national series. We need these events to be bigger and better. Um, and we do, we do, and we will throw our full support behind these guys because the sport needs it. And um, until that happens, we're going to be stuck in the water. Yeah, just trying to run on the spot. <clears throat> awesome, guys. So we'll start to wrap it up. Um, what advice would you give to anyone trying to get into drifting today? Come out and see it for yourself. Come out and see it for yourself. Ask some questions, go for a passenger ride, talk to the drivers. Um, I can't give you any advice other than just come out and mingle. It's cool, it's fun, it's cheap. Um, it's so welcoming as well. Like We have people that come out just to come and hang <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's, it's um, you, you'll discover everything along the way. Um, with the right advice and that's what we're here for so yeah come out come see us in person come for a chat not when i'm holding three phones at the once but when, when i'm having a bite of my burger i'm happy to chat awesome uh, what are the most affordable or available cars that you can start out with today 
Um, well, <coughs> there is a lot of affordable cars nowadays. Um, I mean, the Nissan Chassis is very popular. Uh, the 350Z, the V35, um, they're more of the cheaper chassis to, that will provide you with a good platform to start. And there's a lot of modifications out there, cheap modifications readily available online, local suppliers. Um, and these cars are very uh, driver-friendly. So you'll have fun if, you ha if you're able to purchase one of them. Um, other than that, like a BMW, a 3 Series, uh, anything manual, real drive. Um, we've seen a lot of Falcons come out, a lot of Commodores come out, a lot of Utes come out, Hiluxes, um, you know, Rodeos, and the guys have a blast in them. And they are so friendly on the, uh, on the hip pocket. Um, you don't need to have the best of the best to go out for fun. So, again, it all depends on what you want to achieve out of, out of, out of drifting. You know, you want to build yourself a crazy car, do it. It's fun. It's cool. Um, you want to go out on a budget once a month, once a quarter uh, with, your, you know, with your welded diff in your, in your Falcon, go have some fun. Um, it's a good place to get started and then see where it takes you. Yep. Um, what events have you guys got coming up, I guess, in the next like month or two? Um, so we've got uh, we've got Super Drift uh, New, Th New South Wales State Series coming up on the 2nd of July. That's round three, the final round for the year. Um, then we've got uh, the 9th of July, we've got the figure eight uh, drift nights on the figure eight. Um, then we've got Women in Drifting on the uh, 28th of August. Yeah, there's one other one before that. Uh, we are forgetting a, yeah. another one in between. We we, we got to refer to the website for the dates. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I'm the same. I I, I cannot keep up Wait, with your I'm... events. Yeah, so it's um there is a lot going on, and we're constantly in talks with Sydney Motorsport Park for dates freeing up. They do get other other motorsports cancelling, uh, shifting dates. So we're we're constantly rearranging the calendar. We do try and publish them as quick as we we um, we get notification they're available. Um, okay, so we've got the South um, Figure Eight on the 9th, twenty fourth of July. This uh, wet pan, twentieth of August is Figure Eight, and twenty eighth of August is yeah. the Women in Drifting. So yeah. So there's about yeah there's about six events in the next um, two months. Two months. Yeah. Visit the website. The calendar's there. Don't rely on us. We might send you out on the wrong date. <laughs> so, yeah. Especially That'll keep you busy. Um, yeah. So are you guys uh, You guys will be live streaming the Super Drift event? Definitely. We've got some uh, some pretty cool new tech that um, we're excited to film. We, we're going to have a drone there that's going to nice. be live streaming as well. So we're going to yep. tap into that live. We're going to have a chase car cam that's going to be chasing the, comp the, the competitive drivers. Um, we're going to be able to switch to that live. So we're, we're going to, yeah, we're, we're really going to experiment with some new gear at round three. So I'm hoping that it adds a bit of flair to the stream. That's uh, really cool. We'll definitely be streaming that. That's really cool. I'll, I'll have to watch it a live stream. It's one of the ones that I've been wanting to get to because I've not been to a super drift yet. That's why it just completely surprised me as to what it was. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be um, up the coast for it, so I'll have to tune in via live stream. Tune yeah. in, do some, make some comments. Yep, for sure, for sure. So, lastly, let us know where we can find you. 
Okay, so um, our website, the AustralianDriftClub.com.au, um, you'll find there the events calendar, you'll find the merchandise, you'll find um, a lot of information on drifting, you can purchase your license, you can book one year in advance if you really wanted to. Um, all the events get published as, as they are secured and we normally publish our events one year in advance. Um, most of uh, the live information will be posted on the Facebook and Instagram channels. Um, YouTube we keep just for the streams and uh, same with Twitch. It's more for the video stuff, um, any clips, uh, videos. Um, we have started up a TikTok channel as well. So the girls are out there filming cool videos, getting all the cars, getting as many cars as they can out there and squeezing them into a video. So, yeah, find us on there as well. Um, you might see yourself out there drifting away awesome and um the discord have you got you got um uh, discord link expires so it's best to uh, i got you yeah um, it's best to send us a um a message on facebook through the page and we'll yep. we'll send you the, a, a live link you can access discord through there we have um we have a moderator on there his name is ian um any uh any questions queries Tech dramas, uh, he, he's there. He's available nearly 24-7 for his um, on a setter and all the servers um, and all the, all the, all, all the virtual program. He, he will sort you out. So, um, yeah, send us a message on Facebook. We'll, we'll give you all the right links and we'll get you going. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank it's, you very much. It's, it's, uh, it's been, a, been a long time coming, this one, so it's, it's good to, to get it done and – and actually yeah. get sit down and have a chat with you guys because every time I'm out there to sort of have a chat, it's a five-minute chat and yeah. you, you're off. I'm like, okay, cool. So, oh, well, we're going to go back to work now. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've held you up long enough, huh? <laughs> Thank you awesome. very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining, guys. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to have you tune in again next week. Don't forget to head over and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching for Gutter to Gutter Podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend and even consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. The music you hear in this podcast is a one-off written for us by Von Spriggan. You can find him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Von Spriggan or on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Von Spriggan. Alternatively, you can find all the links in the show notes along with the links for any of our guests. We look forward to bringing you more next week, so please have a great week and look after each other.